Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place that we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place. I am your host, Pastor David, and I got a wonderful, wonderful guest in here today, Brother Jimmy Silva. Um, and thanks for coming in and sitting in. Uh, James and I have been busy this summer. <laughs> He's been traveling. I've been traveling. We launched the whole YouTube campaign. And then it's been a struggle getting them in because it's summertime and people are all over the place. But thanks for sitting in with us today. I appreciate that. appreciate the invite. So, man, what's been going on in life, man? You've been on, is this your second or third time on, on the Refuge Project? Mm, my second. Second time? Second time. So a lot, a lot of things been going on. Uh, I know we was talking about uh, – Earlier about your son starting sports, now he's in yep. he's in seventh grade now, and yeah. and you're going to get to be a part of that 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 sports dad that's kind of <sighs> loses his mind on the sideline and yeah. and stuff like that. So how's, how's how's it make you feel with your your son out there excelling in, in different sports and stuff? It feels good because it, it's just seeing my son grow and becoming the man. That God wants him to be and everything, it, but it, for me, it's just really seeing him grow. Cause, like, I got, I got an older son. I was, I was there, but I wasn't there. Like, I didn't take care of him. I, I didn't raise him the way I raised Roy. Yeah, you know, he was with his mama. They they moved to San Antonio, so it was like a weekend thing or holiday thing. You know, my son was into sports as well. My oldest son, but. I wasn't there. Now it's I'm here. Like it's a lot. It's a lot. I'm I'm excited though. I'm really excited. That's good. I, th- I was thinking, you know, uh, I have the same opportunity because I have older kids. You know, I have kids in my twenties and their twenties, and then I have the two kids at the house. And now I get to do. I, I get a second chance to do it right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like I know I what. You know, I wasn't the best father. I was living in the world with the uh, with the first. You know, the first half, mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, God saved me and, and, and brought me back, and now I get to do the second half, um, you know, the right way. Exactly. It's the best I can do it the right way, right? Exactly, with uh, what so, you got. <laughs> yeah, with, with what I got and uh, and just doing it from a different mindset, and it makes a huge difference. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah. Well, very cool, man. Um, you know, um, I think there's a, a lot of things going on in the world right now. I, we know we're coming into... Uh, a season where we're really going to start getting uh, some ugly stuff on the on the uh, on the TV when we start to get into this next campaign of yep. presidents and and different things like that, and we already see like you know uh, lawsuits going back and forth yep. there, and you know we see that you know and we live in Texas, and then we have and here in Texas we have stuff like the the border stuff that's constantly going on if you whatever side that you, whatever side of the border you're on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh whatever you know I'm, we're not here to get it but i think there there's a lot of things that's happening in the world right now uh you know you have the woke and then you have you have the um you know the more conservative side and uh you know, I just wish that there was going to be some times that we we were able to sit down and find the middle. How do you how do you um, work that way in your life? Before we kind of get into uh, the the next part of the culture corner, because I think there's some inter- interesting things that are coming out. But how do you navigate trying to find the middle without compromising your beliefs? 
Um, and but really try to sit down with people maybe that don't believe the same way that you believe. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard because people get offended. Yeah, a lot of people there. I don't know how else to say it. It's just, I'm me. I'm a blunt person, and and, and I just say it. So it's like. I grew up in the 80s and 90s, so it was like there was no softness whatsoever back yeah. then. It's just now it's if you say something wrong, people get offended and they blow everything out of proportion. There's no talking. There's no let's meet halfway. A lot for a lot of people, it's what they believe is what they believe. I mean, it's like me with with my relationship with Christ. Yeah, what I believe is. I believe what the Bible says. Yeah. You can't change my mind, but I'm willing to talk. I'm willing to listen. A lot of people ain't willing. Yeah. That's that's the thing that's messed up. They're not willing. I asked that question because I, I see the interview with uh Ice Cube's been going around and doing a lot of interviews right yeah. now because he did he did and this is not a political thing at all, but it was just the interview that I seen. Uh he didn't take the COVID shot. And because he didn't take the COVID shot, he actually turned down the movie Movies. that he was he was supposed to make like nine or ten million dollars from this movie and he decided to turn it down and not take the shot and now that he's trying to make some moves he's being kind of blackballed from the industry and stuff like that and it's interesting because uh people are surprised about him standing up about how he believes and stuff but you say 80s or 90s well that's kind of the Time era, you know, that I grew up in. Yeah. And that's when NWA was at his highest. Yep. And they had songs like F the Police yep. and, and different things like that. So he's always been out on the front of speaking his mind. But now it's the the other side. Yeah. And now that he's speaking out on the other side, that he's catching all this grief. Uh, and when he was just doing his Friday movies and he was doing the stuff on, on, on that everybody can appreciate, you know, he was the goat and doing the thing yeah. for, you know, for his people. And, but now that he's kind of stepping out on the other side a little bit, not saying that he's a conservative by no means, but he's got some conservative uh, uh, thoughts at least. Um, he's being kind of being blackballed by Hollywood and some different things like that. So I think it's interesting that, one day you can wake up and you can be doing no wrong and be in certain hmm. industries, and the next day, just because you have one thought or one idea, um, they they look at you as a, you know like a, almost like a criminal or whatever, yeah. just because you don't believe the same thoughts that they believe. And it at the end to each they own. I mean, he was known for doing all the wrong things. I mean, not to say wrong, well, like Friday movies, I mean, I grew up watching it. Right. I ain't going to sit here and lie and say I've never watched it. Like, the honest truth, I, I know word for word from that movie. <laughs> like, like we used to watch it so many times growing right. up. Like, but when it comes to, like, government and, and, well, politics. When it comes to politics, if you say something that's wrong, Oh yeah, they're gonna come and get you. Yeah. They're gonna come and get you. They don't want people standing up. They don't want people, you know, putting their thoughts out there. It's it's like on certain things it's more like there's times that I feel it's more kinda like a dictatorship. Like yeah. what I say is what I say and that's it. Right. Like if you go against me, well yeah, something's gonna happen. Yeah. I but mean I think that if you see the the you know, the stronger um countries in the world and 
I have a I have a lot of strong feelings about politics, and I try to keep them off of the podcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that if you see a lot of str- the stronger uh, countries in the world, they're they're dominated by power, yeah. right? Uh, you see, China uh, is dominated by power, and power is everything, right? If yeah. you have power, you have control. If you have control, you have you have money. If you have money, you know it, it runs the world. Yeah. You know, is what people say, and that's why the Bible talks about. You know, for the, the root love of, it, of money. Yeah, for the love of money is the root of evil, oh, right? Yep. Um, so, and because he, because God foreseen all of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's funny that uh, you have people like, you know, Ice Cube. And, and if you if you really look back, you got, you know, NWA, you have Tupac, you have a lot of those guys that, yeah, they were rough guys, but they were really in the front of the, uh, the the human rights and yeah, they were at the front for, line of all of that, all of it, you know, and, and for for their communities and for their people and for the black people uh, being able to to walk down the streets without being harassed by police officers and different things like that, which we knew uh, back in the nineties was one of those things. That's why they had to pass laws of mm-hmm. not being able to just roll up on people and, and and put them on the front of the car and and put all these uh, black folks in jail and stuff like that. So. I don't know when I just seen the uh, when I seen the uh, the different interviews with him. Yeah, uh, I know that you know we kind of grew up in the same oh, area yeah. and stuff like that. So I thought that would be something to get your mind on, and, and I, I know your heart. Uh, so um, I, w- I want to let everybody know about about the Bible that I just gave you. I know you haven't had a whole lot of time to look at it, but um, I've looked at it a little bit. It's uh, Doctor Tony Evans' Study mm-hmm. Bible. And if you if you haven't got it, I think it's going to be a really cool resource. Um, it's a regular study Bible, uh, and it's got some commentaries by Dr. Tony Evans. Uh, but not only does it have commentaries in it, but in the front of every chapter, if Tony uh, Dr. Tony Evans have done some type of video or whatever, it has a QR code yep. uh, that you can scan, and it goes right to his YouTube. And he uh, of his video of him teaching about that particular chapter, yep. and, I and I think I that use is it today. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I heard you in there listening to it. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I think that's going to be a, like a really core cool resource going forward because I really think that some of these you know preachers that have thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of hours of teaching, uh, especially like uh, Dr. Tony Evans, that's on TV every week and stuff like Dude's that. Amazing. With that the why word. not incorporate that into a study Bible to give. Um, to give us, you know, the opportunity, you know, because when you're when you're studying, and especially when you're studying to um, to maybe preach or you're studying even for yourself, time is everything, yeah. right? So if you have everything right there, oh yeah, let me see what Doctor Tony Evans says says about that band. You just scan the code yep. and you go straight there. Pull it up. Pull it up. Listen to what he has to say. Read it for yourself. You know, maybe uh, read some commentaries from some other some other people, and then bam, everything is right there. You yeah, know, get everything up in place. <clears throat> and I think that's why a lot of us have not are not reading a hardback Bible anymore, right? Because for me. To study, it's easier for me to pull up three or four tabs on my computer, different translations, different commentaries, and me to flip back and forth. Yeah. And to get some real good studying done in, say, you know, 45 minutes, then when it was back in the day where I had my Bible and then have my, 
my commentary, my strongs, coordinates, yep. and, and and you had to go find some different commentaries and everything. And you, it took you, you know, a half a day to get the same information yep. you can get in 45 minutes now. For me, it's good because it's like I got, I got notepads all over my house. I got them all put up in the closet. I got different versions of Bibles. Last night, because I'm doing a study in the book of Psalms, but last night I, I messaged a few people on a verse that I was trying to make sure I had, I got the the right revelation on. And the Bible that you gave me, it's like, I took it to my office. I looked it up. I read off the footnotes and everything. And then I was like, okay, not only did I get it right with the revelation that God gave me, it's just, it, it opened up another door to where it's like, oh, okay. It's something else up in here that I didn't see the first time. Yeah. And it just breaks it down a lot more because I'm the type, when I study, I got four or five Bibles open. I got notepads all over the place. And then on top of that, I got my phone there. So it's like I'm Googling all kinds of stuff. Well, what does this verse talk about? Well, who wrote this verse? And it's like I'm trying to put everything together. And it's like, to be honest, that like I kind of feel like, I don't need all the rest of that stuff now with this Bible because mm-hmm. it's, I'll read it. It got the footnotes. It got everything that I need. And then it has those QR codes and it's like, okay, well now I can hear yeah. someone who's been in the word for so long, like hear their point of view. Right. And it's, it gives me better understanding for me. Yeah, I think it, it has like three or four things all in one Bible, right? Yeah. It's got a concordance. It's got Dr. Ted, uh, Tony Evans' thoughts. It has his videos. And then it's got the Word of God. Uh, so you're kind of going to one place for a, a bunch of for different everything. things. Yeah. For everything. <clears throat> I think that's pretty cool. Um, especially when you're t- we're talking about time because we're all so busy. Yep. And then we, we, but we want to get our study in, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if you check it out, man. I got them. I bought four of them. I bought one for you, one for Pastor uh, Pastor Mark, one for Calvin, and then one for myself. And I got them on uh, Amazon Day. Okay. And then the regular fifty bucks, I got it for twenty five. Hey, come on! So you can't beat that Bible nah, you for twenty five bucks, man. I mean, That's... you go to you go to Taco Bell and you spend more than twenty five bucks for you and <laughs> for you and real. your wife. <laughs> uh, Just for me, <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Hey, let's jump right into. Culture Corner. Alright, let's jump into Culture Corner. I have a um, I y'all forgive me because I do not know what I'm doing. Hmm. Uh, uh what's his name? James. James. James is normally here and he does all this technical stuff and now I'm trying to do all the video and the switching and all that, so uh y'all y'all give me a break. But I, <laughs> I, I um I was doing some just quick, like, you know, trying to find some Christian news and kind of with culture corner stuff. And I came across um, something very interesting. It says, according to various uh, scholars and sources, Pentecostalism is the fastest growing religion movement in the world. Mm. And it was, um, for years, it was the Muslims. Yeah. And uh, now they're saying that the, it's Pentecostalism is the, the growth primary primarily due to religious uh, conversations to Pentecostals and charismatic uh, Christianity. (coughs) So I was thinking about that. And then they have a bunch of, uh, they said that 
35,000 people become Pentecostals born again every day across the world. 35,000. And uh, well, this is the cool one here. So according to uh, Keith Smith of Georgia, Georgia State University, many scholars claim that Pentecostalism is the fastest growing religion phenomenon in his in human history. According to the scholar Pete uh, Bergenger from Boston University, uh, the spread of this uh, uh, phenomenon in history is mainly <clears throat> Southeast Asia mm. are converting to Christianity and these uh, new converts are mostly Chinese business managers. Come on. So these are like well-thought, well-educated uh, Chinese people, which have been under um, communism for a long, long time, and they're yep. beginning to open their eyes <coughs> and see um, see this at work. Um, so, man, I think that is cool. And, and my thought is, <clears throat> why Pentecostal, right? You go from communism where... Who Jang Shim? No, 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 that's the other um, dude. Whoever the the, the yeah. Chinese uh, uh, guy is, is basically, <clears throat> you know, he's the he's the only god that you can do. You have, even the one I think it was in uh, South Korea or North Korea. Which one's the 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 battle? I think it's. I want to say North. North Korea. Uh, Sorry, we're not the most yeah. educated, and, and uh, y'all know I thought Florida yeah. Georgia Line was a place, not a <laughs> not a band. <laughs> so uh, y'all y'all forgive me on that one. And uh, anyways, but they, they basically copied the Bible, and everywhere it said Jesus, they put Kim Shung Jun or whatever yeah. his name is. And if their house burns down, everybody has to have a picture of of. Him and if your house burns down, you have to. Your only responsibility, not your kids, is to take out that picture. Is to get that picture out. And if you don't get that picture out, they'll kill you. I'm glad I don't live in a place like that, right? Because I would have got murked a long time ago. <laughs> like I'm not gonna leave my kids here just for your picture, yeah, bro. Yeah, it's like, crazy, man. So, um, but basically, they've copied the Bible. He's copied the Bible and put. His everywhere, name. His name or everywhere it says Jesus. But I think that's something people should look at, too. Like, you're going to tell them how to live their life. And you're going to tell them what's wrong, what's right. But at the end of the day, what is it that you're copying? Yeah. The only difference is, is that you're putting his name up on there. I mean, it's just crazy. Like, regardless, you're still using the word of God. Yeah. You're still using the word of God. You, the only difference is that you're putting your name instead of Christ or instead of God. Like some, as smart as they are, like they're gonna find some. They're they're gonna find that the real Bible. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they've looked it up, and I'm pretty sure they have them. But it's like they're gonna go back to that, and they're gonna be like, "Yeah, this dude's crazy." <laughs> or you, know, but, but you copied and pasted. <laughs> But did they copy and paste Jesus or did they copy and paste his name? You know, yeah. So that's the whole thing. Yeah. He, he teaches them that they've copied and pasted Jesus over him. Yeah, um, he ain't been around that And long. that's why they say that he can't die, right? Because he's the Messiah. So every time that he gets sick, they, they you know, it's it's false or whatever. And 
and all that because he can't not because he's the Messiah it would break down their society and everything that they believe and all that. Yeah. I don't know. That's just one of the reports, yeah. that, something that I read what I thought was interesting. <clears throat> but going back to my point was why Pentecostalism? You know, why not Baptist? Yeah. Why not Methodist? And they're all good faith. You know, they all believe in Jesus. Um, but, you know, they're going to go to heaven. You know, there's going to be a lot of Baptists that are going to have, even though some of you like hardcore Pentecostal, you know, uh, King James only reading fools mm-hmm. out there. Yep. Uh, there's going to be some Baptists in there. There's going to be some Methodists. There's going to be some Catholics. They're all going to be uh, in, in heaven. But why Pentecostalism? What do you think? I think it has something to do with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, for me, that, that, that's what I get because it's like I know a few Pentecostals, a few people that, that they're Pentecostal, and it's like they're real hard. Like with the with the Holy Spirit, damn, they go hard with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I think that's really it because, I mean, man, there's several days where I, I in my prayer, I, I just tell God, like, I just allow the Holy Spirit to rain down on me. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me. Um, it's always, for me, it's always allow the Holy Spirit to do this and allow the Holy Spirit to do that. I mean, that's just the way I feel. That's my opinion on yeah. it. Yeah, and I think, I, think you're, I think you're right on. I think that, not, not that the Holy Spirit doesn't speak to some of these more conservative yeah. Christians, but I think that Pentecostals lean into it more. Yeah. They lean into the, 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 the gifts of the Spirit. Yeah. They lean into allowing God to come in and really take over the positions of their life and different things like that. Um, so I think that's one of the things. And um, the more that you allow God to move in your life and you don't remove things from the Bible, you know, and I got a lot of good Baptist friends and there's yeah. probably Baptist people that listen to this. So I'm, I'm not talking down at all, <clears throat> but they believe, I was talking to this one Baptist preacher, and he was just like, man, we believe in speaking in tongues, but we believe it was for a time in the Bible, yeah. not for a time now. Um, but to be able to have that uh, that gift, right? I was watching this, uh, it was a secular, like, uh, 60 Minutes or 2020 or something, one of those investigation uh, shows, and... Um, the guy went and he went to this like uh, Pentecostal preacher and they put all these like n- neuron things all on his yeah. head and, and they were just like wanting him and they, uh, not just him but a lot of other people that come in and pray and, and do different things. But when they found out the, the ones that were speaking in tongues, that the prayer moved from one part of their brain to another part of the brain that's not, not used very often. Yeah. Uh, and it was coming from, um, what did they say? Uh, basically, they were saying it was coming from a, a part of the brain that uh, that that didn't know like reg- that you, your regular speech didn't come yeah. from. Uh, so I thought that was like super interesting that that even our brains that God has like set apart aside for Him. Mm. You hey, know what come I'm on, saying? How much per, I know it's a, I'm not sure how much, but I know there's a certain percentage of your brain that you don't use. Right, a, a large percentage yeah. of our brain that yeah. we don't. We I use think it's very, like what seventy five. Yeah, or we use very seventy seventy. I'm not sure, but I, I know it's a large percent that we don't use. Yeah, and to think we don't use it, a lot of people. I mean, like me too. It's like if I don't use it, why do I need it? Right. I'm like that when it's cleaning or doing anything. It's like I don't need it. 
So yeah. why, why do I have it? Just get rid of it. But there's a reason and there's a purpose for it. Yeah. And I think that God, like, you know, when we're when the Bible talks about there's, you know, we're fighting these different battles, there's a seen and unseen battle. Come on. And I think that, you know, maybe even in our brain, like he's like he's separating from like I'm going so this part of your brain, the the most of your brain. Yeah, the most of it. <laughs> you know, I haven't set it aside for, you know, the things that I have for you. Yeah. And then the other is for this world where you can just, you know, make decisions uh, off the information that you pick up in the world and then use the two together. Maybe to that's it. a part. Like, I don't know. But maybe it's a part where it's like where it tells you, you know, it's a spiritual warfare. Yeah. Maybe that's only the part that you can use spiritually. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a very, very interesting uh, and then the more that you understand the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, uh, a lot of those things, I think that's why <clears throat> a lot of these people are just like falling in love with Pentecostalism, right? Because they're finding their way um, because there's no, there's no greater, and, I'm, and I, I hate to use the word feelings because I don't want this to be about a feeling. I yeah. want this to be about a, a an experience with God, right? But there's no greater experience or feeling, whatever you want to call about it, is when the Holy Spirit just floods everything about you. Yeah. You know, you're at the altar and you're praying and, and the Holy Spirit floods you and, and, and you might you know fall out or might not fall out, but that experience there when there's nothing else, and we're going to get into this a little bit when, when we talk about it in our and our, our main topic, but when nothing else matters, when there, when all the outside world problems mm-hmm. and issues and all of that is gone, and it's just you and God uh, speaking in a holy language to him and back and forth. And I think that uh, it's just a special thing, you know? I think it's more of a relationship-wise. Yeah. yeah that's why a pure relationship. Like I'm the Adam and Eve prior to sin type Thing. Yeah. I think that's what you experience in those moments. Yeah, because I think the deeper your relationship with God is, the more you're willing to receive the Holy Spirit or anything from God. Yeah, you'll know the difference because it's you won't have to think like, okay, well, is this God? Yeah, is this the Holy Spirit? Like, because I've been there where it's like I don't know if this is God. I got I need three confirmations. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I need this and I need that, but it's like the deeper your relationship, the deeper you are to rec- the, the more you are to receive something from the Holy Spirit, something from God because you know who it is. Yeah, you know your father's voice. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, it's good, man. I just um I I think that the the closer that we become to God and the the more that we strip down the world off of us, the closer that relationship that we get. Um, I think I told this story a couple of times on the podcast, but it's been some time that we, I don't know if you were there, but we was at the men's retreat and my uncle has been, uh, he grew up in this church under pastor McGee mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just a brilliant guy, just one of the, one of the smartest people I know, sometimes too smart. You know, <laughs> these people are too smart. Yeah. Um, but he's been one to speak in tongues his whole life. You know, and never spoken tongues, and and I think a lot of that, a lot of that is when you get to smart people, like their brain tries to analyze yeah. everything instead of letting 
God Let, take over exactly. because they have to know exactly what's going on. But we were at a, at a men's retreat, and we was praying over him, and he began to speak in tongues for mm. the first time in his life. And he was in his He's probably in his fifties, you know, and, and but he's been serving God forever, you know. He was under you know the Pastor McGee's discipleship, uh, oh, wow. and just so really like uh, solid in his word. <clears throat> well, I mean solid like any preacher you could put him up against. Yeah. You know? I mean he's he he's up there with just some scholars, and uh, finally started speaking in tongues, and the service is over, and everybody's. You know, kind of, you know how we just yeah. start chilling and talking to each other. Homeboy's still over there speaking. Hey, come on. Just going. And now we're like 30, 45 minutes in, and <clears throat> the dialect starts changing. And he runs through the whole, the only way I can explain it is he runs through the world's dialects. Come on. I mean, it went from like Spanish to Chinese to Indian to every, I mean, just, and he would speak it. And then he would change. He was speaking it and change. And then this whole time, he was there, but he wasn't there. Hmm. You know, he was he was in God's presence, and he never even knew what was going on around him. Yeah. And uh, and at one point, he got on his belly and smashed his face into the floor. And uh, and he began to say in English, "I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Mm. I'm not worthy." And then he went to a different language and kept repeating it. Yeah. Or oh, I'm, I'm assuming I'm not worthy. Yeah. In different, you know, different languages. And then um, <clears throat> afterwards, hour and a half, I I almost got concerned. Like he wasn't coming back. Yeah. Like this is forever. You know what I mean? <laughs> Forever he's going to be this crazy person speaking all these languages because it went on for so long, you know? Right. And uh, But in my, my you know, younger faith or whatever, I'm just like, okay, he's he just lost his marbles. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he lost uh, it. <laughs> but eventually, you know, he came back and he was just like, he was talking about how he, God's presence, God was standing right in front of him. And he didn't know what else to do but to get the lowest he could get. Hmm. And that's why he was smashing his face into the ground because God's presence was so so on him that he had to get as low as possible. Yeah, I, I, I feel you on I I feel him on that because my first men's advance that I went to, and I think I've told you before, I got there late. We're already in the service. And, you know, at the time, I, I was a new believer. Yeah. I, this was all new to me. Like, Holy Spirit, everything was new to me. I lived in the world for so long. All I remember is I went up for prayer, and you were praying for me. My eyes were closed, but it's like I could see you walking up to me. And I could see where your hand was ready to touch my head. And you never touched me. At least I didn't feel you touch me. But your hand was up on, going close to my head. And then, boom, I was, my spirit just slayed me. I was out. Mm. And I tripped out because it was my first time. Yeah, I'm like, man, what am I doing on the floor? Like, hold up. People are going to laugh at me. Like, I'm tripping. Like, I shouldn't be there. I sat up and I felt like something hit me in my chest. Wow. And for me, I I remember because 
Brother Lalo's the one who brought me to the church house. I remember Brother Lalo just telling me, because Lalo was there with me on the floor. And Lalo was like, man, just let the Holy Spirit do it, do, do its thing. Let it do what it do. Wow. I said, okay. And when I felt, I just laid out. I don't know how long I was out, but I know I was out for a good minute. For a hot minute, I was out there laying on the floor. And I'm just like, man, I ain't even going to get up. I don't want to get kicked again. Like, I felt that. And yeah, that was just a crazy experience. So I can imagine... With him speaking in tongues in different dialects, it's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was he was tripping too. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's one of those crazy things. Like, but when people experience that 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 personal relate, like you were saying, that personal relationship with uh, with God in, in, in that way, I can I can only only think that's why Pentecostalism is really you know taking that. That next step in, yeah. in everything that they're doing. All right, I, I got a that. I got a song for you. We're gonna get it. We're gonna keep kind of the same spirit about the things that we're talking about. Um, but uh, let's uh, check this song out. This song is an older song, man. It's about five, six years old. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it's the heart of it's the heart of Andy Minio talking to his his sister that is deaf. And really having revelations about the things that she went through through experiences that he that he had in his life. Uh, so let's uh, let's see what Andy has to say. Forgive me, guys. Hmm. Y'all say bring bring uh, James James back. back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Edmundo, heart. Hear, hear my, my heart. heart.
was nice. All right, that was uh, that was nice. Let me get us back over here on on camera. Uh, hear my heart, man. When uh, the first time I I knew that his uh, sister was deaf because he had talked about it in in some other videos and stuff like that. But for him to come out uh, and the line that he says, I knew that you was deaf, but forgive me for being blind. Yeah, uh, man, that's that, like that'll cut you right there. That's you deep know? right yeah. there. Um, and the, a lot of times, man, you just really don't know until you're in that situation. Like, you know, when he's seen all of her friends talking and he didn't know what, what they were saying. Yeah. Like, now it finally hit him all those years that he never learned sign language. Now he, the shoe was on the other foot, yeah. right? And I think that, man, if we really looked, look at that when we're uh, discipling or we're talking to new, you know, potential uh, people that were sharing the faith too and stuff like that, that uh, we would get a whole, you know a, a whole lot further with them than uh, than we normally do because we're kind of putting ourselves in their position instead of just always <clears throat> ready to talk. Yeah. You know, always you know when somebody has has that's one of the the keys I uh, I heard about podcasting was you need to be there to listen. You know, mm-hmm. even though that you're the host of the podcast. Like, don't, as soon as you turn it over to the guest, don't be like, hurry up, wait to, yeah. to say something back. You know, just let them talk. Pay you know? attention. And I think that, you know, that we can, that's a life lesson, you know, to for sure to let people share their side and just really listen to where they come from and all that. And I think that the Holy Spirit can expose a lot of things when you, when you let that, yeah. let that happen. It's just as believers, sometimes we, we're so excited to speak to someone. We want to tell them of all all the beautiful and great things God's done up in our lives. But a lot of times it's just, sometimes it's just being quiet. Just yes. introduce yourself and just let them know, like, just the basics, like how long you've been there. That's an opportunity for you to give your testimony. Yeah. And, you know, see if you relate, you know, and let them speak and let them tell you some things and, you know, God don't make that way for for you to hit him with the word. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes just just being there, being an ear, being a shoulder. Yeah. I think a lot of times, like, building a relationship with somebody, like, it comes easier for my wife than it does from a stranger. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, if you're my friend and you're trying to tell me about God, it comes a lot easier than the guy standing on the corner with the megaphone yelling at me that if you're going to die and go to hell if you don't believe in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I mean, I'm sure that works in certain situations, mm-hmm. and maybe God has called them to do that. But I feel like if my friend would set me down, you know, I just had a conversation with my sister about something, and I said, the only reason I'm telling you this is because I love you. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> and she took it from from a place of love, not a place of, like, you're going to hell. Yeah. You know? Um, so I think a lot of times that, man, w- when we understand the other person and we have a relationship, that it comes a, a whole lot easier, you know. And a lot of times we don't have we don't have time, you know. Yeah. When we're out and we don't we don't have time to build a relationship. We might be you know doing the outreach in Dallas. Yeah, we don't have time to build a relationship with them. But you know we can we do have time to spend a few minutes with them and hear but, them, you know. But even then, it's like it's like I tell people, it's not a God will send people your way, and just like everybody, we want to make sure that. We give the word of God properly. But nowadays with all this technology, there's social media. You got a phone. 
Switch numbers. Yeah. Switch numbers. You may not be able to see them on an everyday basis. You may not be able to hang out with them every weekend like like you would like to. But, like, for me, I, I got a lot of people up in my phone. And God will put somebody on my heart, and all I'll do, I'll text them. What's up, bro? I'm like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, just checking up. Yeah. It's just a checkup. I'm just checking up, letting you know, look, I'm not trying to shove the word of God down your throat. But just letting you know, hey, I'm here. Yeah. I'm a phone call away. I'm a text away. You know, just letting you know something's going on. I'm here. Yeah, just, other than that, it's like, hey, I'm letting you know I'm I'm praying for you. Yeah. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I'm allow the Holy Spirit to move and tell me what to pray for. Yeah, that's good. You know, that's for me. That's really what it is. It's just a checkup, just yeah. to see what's up. Because for me, when I have people check up on me, it makes me feel good. Like. Man, I ain't spoken to them in so long, but they just messaged out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, I wonder why. I wonder what God's trying to tell me. It makes me think. So it's it makes me feel good, though. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I need to send a message out. I've been, I've been uh, thinking about one of my homeboys a lot lately, hmm. you know, and I was just like, man, I just need to hit him up because uh, I haven't talked to him in a minute. And uh, so... Reminds me, I need to do that today. Yeah. <clears throat> so you got to experience something that you have never experienced hmm. before. I mean, here we are. How, how old are you? Uh, I'll be 43 this year. 43 years old and never experienced this before. We've ex- Me and you have experienced a lot. Of a lot of worldly stuff. A lot of worldly <laughs> stuff. We experienced a lot of church stuff oh, yeah. and the Christian stuff. Um but you've never experienced going to youth camp before. Oh, no. <laughs> and I think that... I think there's nothing better than a grown-up experience experience youth camp for the first time. Yeah. Uh, because it brings back, first of all, it brings back uh, it brings back memories from being a kid. Yeah. Um, and then you really don't know what to expect, you know, because you hear testimonies from kids coming back and you hear all these different things. But um, unless you experience a youth camp, it's not, it's like, there's no other, there's no other, um, there's no other retreat. No. There's no other men's retreat, women's retreat, children's camp. Because I think that, this is coming from a youth pastor. I did a youth pastor for, I think, almost seven years, eight years or something like that. The Bible talks about having a mind of a child and in mm-hmm. a, a relationship with God as a child, right? Um, so, the maturity of a youth is a little bit more than a child, but they, have, they yeah. haven't experienced the, a lot of the hardships of, of a, a grown man or a grown woman. So, they're in that perfect age where they can still come to God as, as an innocent child. Yeah but also be mature enough to understand what's going on. Yeah. You know? So it's the perfect balance. Um, so you get to experience that this year. And, and I, you know, I, I wanted to talk to you about it, but I was just like, yeah, we can talk about, about Jeremy, Jimmy's experience, and, and we probably will get into a little bit of it. But what I really want to talk about is your experience of seeing kind of what was going on and why do you think, that that makes the perfect mix of what really is, I think, a foundational 
movement on a young person that they carry on that for the rest of their life. Even, you know, I have youth. I've had youth that went on and have had sex changes, you know, that were in my youth group. Um, This beautiful, beautiful young lady. She was one of the most beautiful uh, girls in our youth group. Uh, It's a a dude now, you know. She she changed to to a guy, never seen it coming, you know, because she was just a beautiful young lady. Um, And... But you know those things is still in her head. You know we was talking about we was talking about you know sharing the gospel and different things. A lot of, a lot of times we think that you know especially we're on these you know these these trips where we're sharing the gospel. So we go to a different city and, and you know we're out doing community work that we have to lead them to God, get them saved, the whole thing right there. Yeah, that's not necessary. You know sometimes we just got to plant the seed and, and keep moving. Yeah. Um, exactly, uh, because those things last, those those experiences last forever. So, at just a high level, right now, what what did you think that you were going to see, and then what did you experience? As far as I, the, the Holy Spirit yeah. and, the, and the services and stuff, I had a lot of thoughts were going through my head. Like, I've never been to a youth camp. Never grew up. Like following Christ like that, you know. So I didn't know what to expect. I, I heard everybody what everybody said. I asked a lot of people. Yeah, you're very and, curious. Yeah, I was curious. And then, like, my only worry was really like, what are people gonna think of me? Because now you got cameras, so it's like people can see. Like, it's yeah. not just hearing me over this mic. It's it's actually seeing. Like, I'm all tatted up. Like, you can tell. I've 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 done some stuff. Right. So my whole thing was I wasn't worried about so your, your canvas matches your yeah. your experiences in life. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I was like, well, what are the leaders gonna think? Like, are they gonna keep a close eye on me because I'm new and I'm all tatted some. up? Because <laughs> yeah. still basketball at yeah. the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was. I didn't know what to expect. All I just kept praying was just for God just to work up in the lives of the kids. But I just went expecting. Didn't know what to expect. I was just open to expect to just to expect anything from God. I mean to know to get to know some of the kids. Yeah. Because like at youth I speak to there was only certain ones that spoke to me. But when I went to camp, like everybody spoke to me. Like everybody and I was just expecting for God to move with our youth group. At least use me in a way to where I can I can speak to some of our youth, but God opened up a door for me to speak to different youth from different churches and everything else. I mean, it was just crazy. So what happened that first night when y'all went to service? Your expectations or people kind of looking at you and all those different things. And then that first worship service kicks off. Uh, was there an automatic, like, oh, this is different? Or it started off just the same and then something something happened, something triggered? What do you think? It was, I was still there not knowing what was going on. I mean, I'm from the streets, so it's like, Everything for me, I'm constantly looking around. I was looking around like, 
or the kids worshiping, like, who's staring at me, like, because it was just a trip. Everything was just a trip. I mean, first night, it wasn't even the first night. Like, we went, we didn't, we haven't even got into the rooms. We didn't even go into worship yet. We didn't do the first service yet. When we got there, they were still getting our rooms ready. So we went to the gym, had, gave me an opportunity to speak to one of our youth. And I got to know him. And I got to talk to him about certain things that are going on in his life, why he feels the way he feels. And, like, the dude opened up to me. And it was just amazing. Then we went to service. And for me, I just got lost in watching the way the kids worship. The way that they worship God was just mind-blowing to me because, I mean, in church, everybody worships different. You have some people that get up. They got their hands up. You got some people that just sit there, just, you know, you got some people that scream like a Tommy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you got people that worship different, but to see our youth group go up there and just give everything they had to worshiping God was just so amazing to me because I've never I've never really seen it like that. So let me ask you this. Was there a did you could you tell there was a difference between a Wednesday night and then that first worship service or was it just one of those things that uh, well, I mean with our youth I don't know how all the rest of the youth the 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 churches that were there I don't know how they do it. With our youth like we worship like, for me, it was just what got me the most was them reaching out to the other kids that they did not know and just telling them, come on, get up here, let's worship, let's worship. Getting them involved with the way we worship was just amazing to see the kids just, man, they just flocked down and they just got involved with it. And, you know, some of them were like, I'm not going to get involved like y'all are running around. <laughs> Y'all are jumping up like nah, I'm not gonna do that. It, it it was just crazy. So I mean, from our youth, I seen them worship. I I see them worship every Wednesday, and to see them do that over there was just amazing. And with Nate there, Pastor Christina's son, pff, that big old dude right there, like he got everybody going. Yeah. Like he got me going. <laughs> it was crazy. So I think that. I think one of the good things about youth camp is it shows that the kids are not alone. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it shows, like when we go to school, they know about three or four Christians or maybe five people that go to, you know, prayer by the pole or whatever. But mm-hmm. when you get into a setting where, you know, there's 150 other young people uh, that are worshiping God, it gives them ability to kind of settle into who they are Exactly. And let, the, let the Holy Spirit begin to move. Yeah, because it's like just with every single kid in general, like they're trying to be older and trying to be someone they're not. And to watch the other, watch the kids just be kids, watch them be just be who they they really are, was just crazy. Because I mean. You know how it is. You, you, you're trying to be hard and trying to be tough in school. You're trying to live this life that you don't even want nothing to do with, the reality of it. But just to watch them be the kids that, 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 that God's called them to be, just, just to go up there and, and do kid stuff, you know, play around, just worship God. Like, 
I don't know. It, it, it was it was an experience that I needed. I needed to watch them. And just, man, God just moved, bro. Like, there, there's so many words I can say about the youth camp, but it's like, it's never going to add up to what actually happened. Like, I can make it sound so beautiful, so amazing, but it's it's not enough. It's not enough. It's like when you speak about God, everything God's done for you, it's like, it's not enough. It's not, there's so much you can say and you just get lost with words where it's like, yeah, yeah that was it. Yeah. Like, I don't know, but amazing, amazing, amazing. Like, I don't know, it was just crazy. So what do you think sets the atmosphere and the sets up the um the tone of for the week of being for them to be able just to be who they are and and be vulnerable in front of their friends and 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 everybody people that they don't know for me praise and worship worship music for me it's with all the outreaches that I've done we always start off with worship. Always start off with praise and worship. For me, praise, um, praise and worship invites the Holy Spirit up in. And like that's all we started off with. Every service started off with praise and worship music. And to watch them get lost in the music, was the Holy Spirit was already falling on them. And to hear when the pastor spoke, like they were able to receive because they 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 took in the Holy Spirit. So for me, it was the praise and worship that got them because the praise and worship got me. You know, yeah, I think that's uh, that's one of the key things because I know even before that, I pray, I, I begin to sing a song, you mm-hmm. know, and just really invite the Holy Spirit in, and <clears throat> I think that also just it moves you from it moves you from that. Uh, physical, natural mindset to a spiritual mindset, right? It shifts something inside of you. Okay, we're not dealing with the natural right now. We're not dealing with the flesh. We're moving from that. And then those songs about who God is and how good he's been to you and how I've, if he's, he's done it now, he'll do it again. Mm-hmm. And it just really speaks to your spirit and, and it speaks to that that broken person inside of you, that broken, you know, spirit inside of you that that truly needs God to repair the things that you've picked up in this world, right? And it, and it really, and I think that if we can understand those things and what the triggers are to them, how, how do we move from that, from it just being a five-day retreat thing to bring that into our everyday walk. I mean, I go back to relationship. Your relationship with God. You know, it's it's like on when I go to the Bible studies, I tell the guys like don't take it the wrong way. Like don't 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 let the word get stuck in your head to where it's you're thinking of the wrong like cuz the word I use is intimate. I'll tell him, I go, look, it's not a, I ain't talking about intimacy with, with you and your wife. Right. Or you and your girlfriend. Yeah. No, I'm talking about being, be intimate with God. Because for me, the more intimate with God that you are, it's the more you want to do it, the more you want to do it. Like, 
it's I don't know because I think the kids they just they know who God is. The Holy Spirit dropped on them with praise and worship, and they just didn't care what anybody said or thought about them because the way that they worship. Because, I mean, it's like I tell everybody, the reality of it, all we want to be loved and accepted. Just the way we are. Love and accepted. It doesn't matter what you've done, what you're going through. That's all we want. And for me, they find it in Christ. And they know they can go to God just the way that they are. Mm-hmm. All jacked up with the issues that they have. And I speak for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I can go to God like that. And he's not going to tell me, yeah, you had this thought, so I need you to get away from me. Or you said this, you did that. They go where they feel the love and where they feel comfortable. And... That's what they were doing. They were just worshiping because they know God is not going to kick them to the curb. Because so many of them, and I say it because I spoke to a lot of them from different churches as well. They've never been loved. And they've never been accepted the way that the way that Christ does with them. Because the love we give to people is not the same love that Christ gives us. You know, it's it's very different. The love of Christ is so amazing. That's what made me search so much for God is the way he loves on me. The way he accepted me was like, yeah, I want this. Mm. That was my drug now. (laughs) You know, and for a lot of them, I think that's what it was. It's like, okay, this is something I can get addicted to. I love this. Yeah, that's good. You know, I think when I just listening to you talk, um, I was just thinking about like their lifetime of living of in their in their house and then mm. you know what they're being taught what if we could spend a lifetime of being taught that God loves us and the 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 love that the way the way God loves us is the same love that they're, they're receiving from their parents that would be amazing you know what I'm saying and then we and I know that school is super important but what if we were being taught in school like <laughs> That would know, be. In God's eyes, you can do no wrong because you know there is grace, but you know we have to live uh, live up to it. But like the of a father's love, not of a father's love that you know abuses it with his words or physically or whatever it may be. But the same father that died on the cross and gave you a, a life worth living and uh, all those things. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things in youth camp is like. We get five days of isolation where they don't have to think about everything that goes on at home yep. and the the struggle of maybe of money and not being able to ha- have the, the the cool shoes or the cool clothes or you know uh, whatever it may be or even you know having food for you know for, to put on the table every yeah. single night or or you know the the, the angry stepmom or whatever it may be. They get that isolation, and and I just just if we were truly a a, a Christian country, like how great it would be that mm-hmm. that's what school would be like. That would be amazing, you know. Like just isolated, you know, your whole life would be just like God's love and what the Word says and who you are in Christ and all of mm-hmm. those things that we 
that we try to give them in 45 minutes and on a Wednesday night, you know, yeah. uh, or, you know, and then <clears throat> another 45 minutes on a Sunday, but then they have to, in between all of that, they're dealing with, you know, life. the world, their life, right? Living with life in the world, I mean, it's hard, but that's why I tell a lot of people, and, and it goes back to, to what when I, when I said earlier, like, phone call away, text message away. I'm there to be an ear. I'm there to be a shoulder. It's I give my number out to a lot of people. <coughs> and I tell a lot of people, look, I'm not telling you you have to call me every day. You have to check up. I'm not saying none of that. All I'm just saying is that in a time of need, I'm a phone call away. You know, I may not. And I tell the guys this every, every time I do Bible study. I may not be there when you want me. But I am there. When you need me. Yeah. You know, and that's one thing that I've learned. It's like you put so much time and so much effort into trying to help somebody change and let them know who Christ really is. A lot of a lot of them don't want it. Well, you know, you become their strength. Yeah. You right? end up becoming Christ to them. And right. It's like, like you're walking their walk for them. And yeah. That's it's dangerous at times. Yeah, it is. It's very dangerous because yeah. you're putting yourself in a position that you don't need to be up in. Yeah. And it causes problems in the house, especially with your wife. Mm-hmm. And it's like, nah, we got to. It's like I tell everybody, is it a good idea or a God idea? Mm, it's so good. You know, a lot of times we do things because it's a good idea. I think God would like it. Yeah, God would like it. But is God calling you to do that? You know, that's why I tell people, hey, I'm here. Phone call away. Text me. You know, some of the, the youth, they have my numbers. Their parents have my numbers. You know, like Chevel, he told me, he's like, hey, can I give my, can can the boys have your number? I said, yeah, that's cool. I gave the boys my number. They'll call me. Yeah. They'll message me when they need me. When yeah. they need to hear something, they'll message me. You know, so for me, that's. That that's something good to do, right? I think, uh, like right now, you know, Luke just my son. He just got back from youth camp, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then I go up there and I and I, uh, and I wake him up in the mornings or whatever. And right now he's in a place like you know he lo- he's he, he loves God. He's yeah. he's a good kid and he and he you know he stays on his walk most of the time. I mean, he's a teenager, he's a teenager, you know, and he has he has friends that are not Christians at school, you know. Uh, he had one of his really good friends is um, agnostic or atheist or something that you know, and I just told him as long as you don't fall within you know with what, what he believes, man, let him be around, let him yeah. experience our home and the exactly. way he doesn't have a mom, so and then he has a dad that's kind of you know he his dad's there for him, but it's not really does anything for him in his life. Let, let him see what a what yeah, a Christian. he's there, but he's not there. Yeah, you know, he, you know, he, he supplies all of his needs. Yeah, you know, but he's not there for him. Uh, so you know, I want those kind of people around us. You yeah. know, let them see what a godly family looks like, and you know, and then you know, we'll pray for the food, and he'll bow, bow his head and do the amen thing with us, and have those those experience. But like, you go up, you go up to Luke's room right now to wake him up the next morning, and he, you can tell where he's like he's already passed out with his Bible on his bed. You know, hey, come on, and uh, man, that makes me so proud. But there's going to be a time this year, you know, if it's you know. January, February, or that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? School, school, band, all the extra, all that extra stuff, extra activities. Like he's tired, and 
you know, maybe two, three, four days a week, then does it, and then two days a week, and then before you know it, I'm just like, hey, man, I haven't seen your Bible in your bed in a minute. You know what yeah. I mean? And uh, life gets in the way. Yeah. You know, um, our focus is so, it's like a microscope. When you're looking at a microscope, the microscope is so, like, focused on that one small, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, microorganism, yeah. right? And that's how these kids are seeing God in, in, in church camp. Their 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 focus is so narrowed just on God and God only, right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it comes out and then it's like, you know, uh, they see it through binoculars. You know, now their the focus is a little bit wider. Yeah. And then they then they see it through, you know, a a big telescope where they can see the whole galaxy and then before you know it the, that that focus has to get back narrowed down to who God is, and I'm, and it's one of those tough things because um, we do live in this world, you yeah. know, we do live in a world of sin, and we live in a world of having to go to work and having to go to school. But at the same time, um, do we? And this is one thing I struggle with, and I'll just be honest: like as a pastor how how strict am I on my kids like if, if everything they, they turn around do I hit them over the head with the bible and like that's wrong God's word or so I just don't say nothing at all and just let them experience life and make your own decisions or where is that in between where they have to experience life themselves but at yeah. the same time they have a foundation of what God's word says so I struggle with that you know, because I, I know. I think we all do. Yeah. I think we all do. It, it, it's like I tell my kids. I'm not telling you I want you to walk around every single day with the Bible. I got girls that are 18. I got all this one's about to be 25 this year. I got six kids. But it's like I tell them, look, I'm not saying I need to see you with the Bible every day. When that's why That's why for me relationship isn't just. A relationship with God whenever I open my Bible. That's mm, good. For me, a relationship is is talking to God on a daily basis. The same way me and you are conversating right now, I conversate with God. There's things that goes on, and it's like, and it's not only just prayer. And it's not only things that I want or I need. It's job-wise. It's like, okay, got AC issue. Okay, God. Help me to try to figure out this problem. Like, what's wrong? Am I making the good? Am I making a a, a decision that you want me to do by saying, "Okay, well, look, it's not going to get fixed. We got to replace it." Yeah. Or, no, it can get fixed. You know, let's put some band aids up on it right now. Let's get things going to where it's working until we can get enough money to buy a unit. Yeah. You know, whatever it is, conversate with God. The same way you conversate with people on an everyday basis, conversate with God. I conversate with God about. Basketball. I'm like, man, God, like, I hope the Rockets, like, man, the Rockets got a good squad this year. They're doing real good, man. I, I, I pray that they're doing okay. Like, but I, and, and to some people, it's like, why are you going to pray about that? Why not? Why I, not? You got dreams. Yeah. I Everybody a, has dreams. I had an experience with that one time. So uh, I used to be part of the prayer partner team, you know, in, in every Sunday, right? Yeah. And I still do it sometimes, but, you know, kind of allow the people to do it and stuff and um this lady came up to me and she said uh 
she said, hey, Pastor David, I just we're looking for to buy some new furniture, and I just really want to make sure that that I, it's the right one. God shows me to be the right one, and I prayed with her, you know. But afterwards, I was just like, I don't care what furniture you sit on, you know. And I'm thinking that to myself, and I even I even leaned over and I told Sandra, I said, you know, I had somebody come up and want me to pray for whatever <laughs> furniture, and Sandra looked at me. And she said, "What's wrong with you?" And when she said that, the Holy Spirit came over me and convicted my heart and, you know, was telling me, like, she's trusted me with everything. And here you are thinking, God doesn't care. No, she's putting everything Everything. in God's hands. And then, man, just like what we were just talking about, these youth, if if we could do that as youth or as adults, put everything, it doesn't matter what it is. Hey, God, I'm about to spend this $5 on food. You just let me know where I need to go. Yeah. And that's that relationship, right? It's that relationship, exactly. that same relationship Sandra has when I'm making making the decisions of the head of the household, that we put it in God's hands. Yeah. He's the head of my life. Exactly. You know? Every every decision that you make, every single decision, like, we're going to Dallas. We're going to leave to Dallas tomorrow. So I'm like, we can just go like that. But then I have to make the, you know, I, I told God, like, hey, well, should I do the tune-up before I go? Or should I wait till I come back and do it? Or should I do this? And I should I? It's like, I, I have to pray about it. I mean, I know it's something small. Like, hey, you're good on your oil. Everything is good. Just do it when you come back. But it's like, nah, I'm going to do it before we leave. I'm going to take that chance, and I'm going to do it before we leave. And if I got to do it again before... After we come back, well, guess what? I'm just praying that God gives me, he gives me enough money to where I can handle up over there, come back, and still do it all over again. Regardless, whatever it is, I still give everything to God. I still give everything to God. Even if it's at nighttime, like, okay, God, I got to go pick up one of the twins from work. I'm going to leave right now. And it's like 20, 30 minutes later, and it's just like, well, let me even pray up on that because she works at McDonald's, so she might end up getting out late. So I'm going to be sitting over there for like 30 minutes, like yesterday. I took off. She gets out at 9. I'm, like, I'm going to leave at 9.45 by the time I make it up over there. She'll be getting out. No, I didn't pray about it. I didn't I didn't do nothing with that. I'm going to just go. I left it to myself. I went, and guess what? I waited like 30, 45 minutes outside. I didn't even call her to tell her, hey, I'm going to head out. If I would have called her, shoot, hey, we're busy. Yeah. Give us a minute. Maybe come in 20, 30 minutes. Like, I, I have to pray for everything. Every and To some people, it's crazy. It's, yeah. But, hey, guess what? Your crazy is not my crazy. Exactly. You know? I tell you, when you were talking about cars, it, it reminded me of, so I had this Ford Ranger. And, man, this Ford Ranger was kicking my tail, man. I could not figure it out. And I take pride in doing all my own repairs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I probably shouldn't do it anymore. I probably have more important things that I could do besides working cars, but I enjoy it, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, so one of my guys was telling me, like, man, this truck's not running right. And then it went from not running right to not running at all. <laughs> and so then I would go over there and I would mess around with it and I, and I would, you know, put some, like, 
fuel treatment in it and then fill it up with gas and then I would drive it for a little while and then it would start running right and I was just like oh you know maybe it's just like the injectors were dirty or whatever mm-hmm. and then you know the, the next week he called me again and was just like it's not running right and I was just like so switch trucks gave him my truck I'll bring this thing home and I just cannot figure this thing it's like popping and banging and, and uh, so I've changed you know Change spark plug. I mean, I just went through everything, you know. And um, so finally, I found out there was water in the gas, mm. right? So, but this is like four or five weeks that I've been out there every single night trying to go through it and figure it out. And uh, so I just hooked this gauge on it. And then when I was, when I was uh, like releasing the pressure off the gauge, water came out of it because oh. I was checking the fuel pressure. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, so... I was like, I got it. Dropped the fuel tank, cleaned it all up, and sure enough, there was like a gallon of water. Oh, wow. So every time the gas would go down, it would start acting funny. So once a week, he, he used the gas tank of wheat, right? Mm-hmm. So once a week, it would go down. I would go over there, fill the gas tank up, put some stuff in it. And thinking it's fixed. Thinking it's fixed. Mm-hmm. So, but when I put everything back together, the the car would not it would not run good at all. It had this terrible miss and and I was just like I've done everything. I've changed all the spark plugs, the wires, the the fuel injectors, the gas, the like everything. <clears throat> and I was sitting in there and I was just totally just done. I was just like, God, I can't do this no more. I said, You're gonna have to give me some wisdom here. And yeah. And uh he said Check the spark plug. Because I had the computer on it, and I knew that that <laughs> cylinder was not acting right. misfire. Yeah. But I already changed the spark plugs. Brand new spark plugs. He said, check, check the spark plug. And I was just, it's also almost one of those things that it's like, it can't be the spark plug. Come on, God. Like, I just changed it. Just them. changed the spark plug. Well, the, the brand new spark plug was bad. And here I've been messing with this thing for mm-hmm. weeks. And if I would have just sat back instead of in my frustration and said, you know, God, just, just give me some wisdom what's going yeah. on on this thing right now. The first week, I wouldn't have had three or four weeks of frustration and being out there and missing my family and not going to a baseball mm-hmm. practice. And, you know, instead of making money out in the field, I'm over here working on this truck. And all I had to say was, God, give me some wisdom. And he said, check the spark plug. And I'm just like, put the new spark plug in. That thing running better than it's ever have. I mean, it's, it's a lot of times we, again, we, we do things because we, we know we can handle it. And we, we actually think like, okay, I know this isn't it. But it's, I don't know, for me it's just praying, praying. I, I, I pray a lot to God. I ask God to help me out, give me wisdom, and just... If that's not the issue for for him, just to reveal it to me, let me know. And there's times I'll go two, three days, and I'll just leave the vehicle alone. And next thing you know, it's just like boom, like a light bulb. It turns on. I'm like, man, let me check that again. Yeah. And sure enough, it's what it is with the rendezvous. I was having issues, and I was like, man, what's going on? It didn't want to run. It kept messing up, and. I checked everything, and then I was like, "Man, God, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I just need you to 
Just give me, give me, give me revelation. Let me know something. Yeah. Sure enough, two days later, it's like, check your gas cap. Gas cap. There's a seal on it. Mm-hmm. It didn't lock right. It was air was going in, and it was like it was just messing up. Yeah. Went and bought a new gas cap. Went away. Went away. Yeah. Everything's good, but it's. I don't know. I give a lot to God, and I give him. I, I I give him my all. Like I give him the major, major important things, and I give him the things that that ain't really that important either. Yeah, and I think that those are learning moments in life. It's just like, look, God doesn't want to be just a part of the the big, big things, the big things in your life. He wants to be a part of your, your life, whole life, every your, your single life. thing. And I think that the more that we can hold on to that and really believe it. You know, and that's what you know, these kids are experiencing youth camp. At those five days, hmm. it's their life. Yeah. It's everything that they have. It's going to God with all of their problems and believing that he can fix them and believing that if they walk in God's footsteps that they can be better people and, and live a better life and, and be loved and, and love, yeah. you know? But on a lot of them, it was, it was their time of space their their time alone yeah because i ain't gonna lie a lot of these kids and and i say it because i've done it before i've done it before where it's just like hey me and your mom we're gonna go somewhere i need you to watch the kids and you're like they're 12 13 years old and it's just like they still kids themselves but i'm making them watch another kid and it's like for a lot of them it was their time to get away from Every single thing, get away from the bullies, get away from, get away from everything, get away from their parents and their siblings to where it's just, okay, now I can focus on me. Yeah. Because when you're focusing on everything else, you can never focus on you. Yeah. That's why I tell people, man, we got to remember one thing. The word says that Jesus left. He separated himself from the disciples and the crowd, and he got one with the Father. Mm, He had a focus on himself in order to provide and give to everybody else. Some of these kids, they need to separate themselves and focus on themselves one-on-one with God to where they're able to be mentally, physically, and spiritually ready for whatever's going on. That's good. That's good. So that tells me, unless you go to youth camp every week, Right, which is not practical. Mm-hmm. Um, that we have to find that quiet space. Oh, that's every single time. Yeah, you got to find that quiet space. You got to find that you know, even if you if you know, there's a difference between waking up and going to bed and uh, 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 talking to God. Yeah, you know, I, I use that analogy of uh, how many planes would fall out of the sky if the pilot only talked to. Uh, any other plane or any other, you know, um, what is the guy that 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 leads all the tra- the air traffic controller? Yeah. If he only talked to him when he was taking off or when he was landing, like how many planes would crash into each so other many. if they wasn't being guided throughout the whole flight? And that's just that's us. Yeah. We wake up in the morning. Thank you, God, for a new day. You know, keep me safe as I go on and do the things you have called yep. me to do and blah. blah. And then we don't check in until, thank it's you, nighttime. Lord. Thank you, Lord, for <laughs> letting me make it through the day. You know, yeah. let me have some good sleep, and you know, uh, oh, here's my my request for the day. Yeah, I mean, that's why I tell a lot of people. I'm not saying, but we got. But what I'm saying is, we have to find like that. You have to find. That, you that have to find that place time. 
where even if it's just once a week, you and you and God just no no outside noise, no outside pressures, just you. It's, uh, what was that? What that's was why that? I say your relationship with God, and I use your relationship with God. That's why I use husband and wife, because you have to find that time with your significant other, yeah. with your spouse. You have to find it. Yeah. Because if not, if she's just he or she, whoever's taking care of the kids, whoever's cooking, whoever's doing whatever, they get we get tired. Mm-hmm. Same thing over and over and over and over and over again. But in order for you and your wife to to still have that bond and still have that love, you have to take her out. Yeah. You have to spend that time with her. Even if it's 10 minutes, me and my wife will burn off. Go drive around the block 10 minutes. But we're speaking, we're, we're, we're spending time with each other. Yeah. The same way you do it with that, and I say it because a lot of youth... They have boyfriends and girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Mom, I want to go out over here with them. I want to do this. I need to spend time with them. They're making that time. They're making the time to spend right. with the person that they want to be with. But yet, it's hard for us to take that time out to spend time with God. It's and an we just call, issue. yeah. And we just call on Him when we need Him. Yeah. You know, no, it should be something you want to do. You should want. To spend time with God. The way my son wants to play basketball all day, yeah. spend time with God all day. Even while you're dribbling. I'm not saying stand out there and, oh, God, this and... No. Speak to him just as you're dribbling, you're practicing, whatever it is. Spend some time with him. Yeah. Seek his face and not That's his hand. It. Exactly. Seek his face and not his hand. Yeah. People want to seek the hand because the blessing comes from mm-hmm. it. Nah, the blessings are there. Blessings are there, but you seek his face, trust me, God's going to have an abundance for you. But you have to seek his face yeah. and not his hand. That's good. Man. Let's close it right there. I think that's a that's a good a good place to shut it down. But, I, man, I appreciate you coming. I think there's a lot of wisdom that came out of this conversation. And we just got to find those quiet places, you Is know, it? that uh, with the war, war room, that, that, Come uh, on. that movie where she goes and she, had, she went to her closet, you know, and there was no distractions. There was... Everybody knew, you know, that's what she was going there to do, and that's what her time with God. Yeah. And we have to find those times, you know. And it, it is before a- you close. Let me say this: the my I had to figure out a time to get away from my chaos, my life. Yeah, I love my wife, I love my kids, but during youth, that was my time to really see God, and that's where God revealed something to me. Talking to the youth. And God revealed to me my issue, a root to my problems that I had was seeking love and acceptance from my father. Wow. I'm 43 years old. Never had my pops tell me he loves me. Never. Seen him beat on my mom, on my sisters and myself. But that's all I've always wanted. And I took the time, I took a week away from my wife and my kids. That was the longest week I've ever had because I've never, since I've gave my life to Christ, I've never spent no more than a weekend going to another city to go do outreaches or something. It's just only a Friday, Saturday, come back Sunday, two days. A week was the longest. And I had them on my mind. And then my wife tells me, 
man, we're good. Seek God. See what God wants for you. And God revealed it to me. And like, oh, this weight just came off of my back. Like, I've been searching and seeking for this my whole life. I've never gotten it from the man that's my dad. But yet I've gotten it from my father, my spiritual father. I've gotten it from Christ. And it's like, I don't, I don't have to search for it no more. Because I know God's loved me. He loves me and he's accepted me just the way I am. All busted up and disgusted, he's accepted me. And it's able, to, it's able to help me teach my son and my daughters how to be men and women of God and still go back and treat the youth the same way like my kids. Like, but it's because of the time that I separated from my wife and my kids to where it's like, just focus on God. Mm-hmm. Focus on God. And focus to the needs of these kids. This is where God has you at right now. Your wife is fine. Your kids are fine. And this is all coming from the Holy Spirit. Like, your word, I got them. Papa got some. Don't worry about it. Your daddy got it. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Papa got some. Focus on this. And I will reveal something to you. And it did. Came back. Brand new man. Wow. Brand new man to where I was like... Even though it would feel good to hear it from my dad, I don't need it. Right. I really don't. I don't need it. I, I know I, I got that love that I want from Christ, and that's it. God, God's giving me the love. So, I mean, yeah, that's what I wanted to say before you close out and just the time. Separate yourself. Get some time to give your time to God. Pray about the big. Pray about the small. Let God take control and let God let God tell you what to do. Run with it. Before we before we uh before we close, and we don't do a whole lot of this, but I just feel like uh the Holy Spirit just just laid this on my heart. Why don't you pray for everybody out there that doesn't know what it feels like to be uh loved by a father's love, a, a, a earthly father's love, but um but you encourage them like like you just did about it doesn't matter what that is, but we have a, a true godly father that loves us anyways. All right. <sighs> Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for allowing me to come on this podcast today. I just want to pray, Father God, for the people that are out there that have felt the pain that I felt and wanted the things that I've wanted. I just pray, Father God, that That you open up the heart, the doors to their heart, Father God, and let them know, Father God, that you are there, Father God, for them. You are there in the times that nobody else is there, Father God. The times that they want to speak and nobody wants to hear them, Father God, that you are there, Father God. That you have that, that you've given them that agape love, Father God. Even though they may run and they may stray away from you, Father God, that you are never going to leave them, Father God, because your word, Father God, said that you have never left us or forsaken us. And I ask you, Lord. Just look over them. Lead them and guide them, Father God. Even in the midst of the storm, Father God. Just let them know, Lord, that you are there with them, Father God. Because your word, Father God, says that you are close to us, Father God. You are a whisper away, Father God. And you have to be pretty close, Father God, for you to hear a whisper, Lord. Thank you. And I ask you, Lord, just, just to love on them, Father God. Let them know, Father God. In their time of needs, Father God, I ask you, Father God, just... To hug on them and let them feel your presence, Father God. 
Not just have the thought of, oh, you're here. Let them feel your presence, Father God. There's so many things we can do and so many things we can say, Father God. But at the end, Lord, just allow them, Father God, to walk with you. Let them walk with you, Father God. And just just love on them, Lord, because that's something I've always wanted. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people out there that just want to be loved on. Just love on them, Lord. And I thank you, Father God, in your mighty precious name, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. And we love you. Yo. This is The Refuge Project.